0: Hey y'all, this is the Beyond the Dojo podcast. I almost said the name wrong. I'm Lauren. I'm Jeremiah. And we recently had a messy bathroom mystery. Not in the way you think. You remember this? Oh yeah. So about a month ago. Okay, so first of all, I want to organize everything because my life is chaos and I'm trying to organize the chaos. So I reorganize stuff all the time, right? And the bathroom was a little bit messy, but I have shelves in the bathroom. Kept walking in the bathroom. Somebody's been messing with our stuff. Somebody's dipping their finger in the Vaseline and rubbing it all over places. And they're messing with things that are on the shelves. And I'm afraid they're going to get into the chemicals. So I'm like, all right, Somebody's messing with my stuff. So we had an idea of who we thought it was.
1: And we were totally wrong.
0: Well, okay. So what happened was we guessed. And we are like whittling it down based on who takes bathroom breaks in the middle of one of our classes. And... The day that we were gonna confront the person, like I had just reorganized everything, put it in new boxes. I took pictures of the shelving thing and then the person doesn't show up, okay? So we're in the middle of class and then I walk out to the bathroom. Somebody's done messed with my stuff. They took all my Scentsy bars and broke them in little pieces and got stuff everywhere and got boxes open. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So <laughs> we start. Jeremiah, was at the end of class, the kids are playing, and Jeremiah, like, stops the kids playing, and we want, and just to ask if anybody went to the bathroom in the middle of class, because I can't remember, all right? And everybody's like, no, we didn't go, and he's, like, right in the middle of about to accuse everybody in there of messing up the bathroom, and then somebody from the lobby tells me, oh, yeah, the little sister of one of the guys out there keeps going in the bathroom. It was a four-year-old mm. that doesn't uh, attend the dojo. She was outside in the car. She's been sneaking inside and going to the bathroom and messing with all of the stuff. Because I kept thinking, like, this is something that a four-year-old would do. Why do we have 10 and 11-year-olds messing with all this stuff, a bunch of creeps? So, um, so it was her. And, uh, we told him to stop. And the next day that she wants to go to the bathroom, she comes into the dojo. And she walks up to me, like, with her eyes real big. And she walks up and gives me a hug. I'm like, okay, pats her head, don't mess with my bathroom. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. So we discovered who the culprit was. Mm. Four-year-old little oh, yeah, I was,
1: about to, I was about to accuse everybody. We were pretty mad. Yeah. I was pretty mad. It was pretty pointless.
0: Not that they threw anything across the room or did anything that was not cleanable, but come on, man. Yeah. Don't mess with my stuff. But yeah, she was a kid, yeah. so it was fine. We survived. But it was funny at the time, afterwards. Mm. After the time. Anyhow so today we wanted to talk about um the common question why does it well i mean people quit karate all the time yeah at all times at different ranks but i have noticed that people really tend to drop like if they make it past white belt or they make it past like the first three months um then they definitely have quit by intermediate level
1: right so tends to be a spot yeah
0: so we'll say intermediate is like what, like sixth to fourth Q, maybe seventh to fourth Q, be intermediate. Yeah. Because in our in our dojo, third Q is brown belt, which we could would consider advanced. Yellow belt is eighth Q, which we'd still consider kind of beginner. So like yeah, seventh, sixth Q. to fourth. fourth. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So what's one thought?
1: Um. Well, definitely the focus has changed yeah from learning new things to improving on those things mm-hmm. so it's it's a little bit more tedious and a little bit more um, requires more thought mm-hmm. and more effort right than white belt level stuff than white belt level stuff um i think that's part of it yeah you know the coordinate and i think at that level coordination and all that really comes into play
0: yeah, a whole lot more. And not even right. just coordinating your limbs either. Like, the first day a student walks in the dojo, they're learning how to coordinate their arms. Like, they have it deer in the headlights look because they can't figure out how to, like, rotate right. their wrists for punching and, like, make the shapes of their arms, but now it's a next level of coordination. Next level, like,
1: leg, arm, torso, limb kind of thing. You know, hip rotation. Yeah. Stepping and punching.
0: Back leg drive type stuff. Back
1: leg drive, you know. A lot more stuff than that would would, would normally be considered easy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so and then to me the what would you say was next? Actually, I'm sorry.
0: Well, um, yeah, I think the coordination is a big part of it and then usually by intermediate level, like um, with kids particularly, when they're in white ball classes, they're often younger. Um, and there is like more of a playful approach to everything, yeah. but then once we're getting into intermediate level, the it's not as fun. Like it's it, we can try to like incorporate games and stuff with intermediates, and maybe we could do a better job at that. But I mean, this is this has been true across the board. Even when I was a kid, we didn't really play games and stuff as white belts, not in the middle of class. We just did basic kihon stuff, and it was still kind of the same pattern. So I'm not sure sure so much that it's that, but just um, it. It's a lot of repetition, and I think maybe you feel like by that stage you should be learning more stuff. So, like, whenever you're a white belt, you learn a bunch of techniques, and you're learning how to do those basic techniques. But then when you're intermediate, you're not really learning new techniques necessarily. You're learning how to make the techniques that you already know better. Yeah. Um, so I think I think maybe, like, you know, that's not fun, basically. Long story short, what I'm saying is it's not a fun Time yeah. to be in the dojo necessarily, yeah. um, so I think that's that's a big part of it.
1: Yeah, and there's an expectation too, right? Mm-hmm. Like we as teachers expect them to know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, by then we expect them to know left and right. And,
0: yeah. And, oh God, they still don't it. know left and right. And, <laughs> and, nice and have some sense of,
1: of ability to move around and, mm-hmm. and do techniques somewhat correctly. Um, and then the other thing is, it's it's less rewarding, right? Okay. Um, front a good front kick for, by a white belt we're like great a uh, good front kick from you know fifth q. we're like ah, you can do this you can do that mm-hmm. you know it's it's good but these are the things that need to happen and you know it's just i think it's frustrating i think it's it also cha- challenges that mental fortitude of like are you willing to really commit to get yeah. this or is this something that's just a pastime yeah you know Oh, we have a lot of kids that come 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 through the dojo that they enjoyed class mm-hmm. but I don't think they enjoyed karate.
0: You yeah it's I mean? one of those like I'm glad that I did it and I'm glad it's done yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And, and then by the by um intermediate level also you know most sports have a season and an off season yeah. a season and off season by the time you get to you know seventh Q, you've been doing it for almost a year yeah.
0: Or longer in some cases, yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
1: And you haven't had an off season yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's yeah. that's part of it too. There's a burnout there, so
0: yeah. And I think also by the time you're getting to intermediate level, like you know, our classes. I mean, once again, this is true across the board, regardless of how you structure your classes, but. In our classes, we have a beginner's class and then we have an intermediate class. So whenever you're moving up in the beginner's class, if you're a higher rank, then you have all these students that you know more than. But then you move up to the intermediate level, or in Mm -hmm. our case, an intermediate class, and you're not top of the food chain anymore. So I think that plays in, you know, that kind of like starting over kind of feeling. But then also, even if that wasn't the case, um, I think there's an ego that's starting to build and I've watched this with some students that have been with us for a while who aren't even at an intermediate level. You give them a correction and they're like, I'm doing that. And you're like, hell no, you're not. Right. I can see you. You can't see you. <laughs> so um, I think that plays, uh, that's, that's not as common, but I think there is that that interplay a little bit as well. Like no. they feel like I should be doing more than this or, you know or I don't need to do this stupid thing. I'm already doing what you're asking, whatever. So I think that sometimes is an issue also. Yeah. More so, I think, with adults, though. I think I've seen more adults get to intermediate level and feel like um, maybe they they should be learning more. And then sometimes, like, it's hard because you feel like you're, they might feel like they're being held back from more knowledge. You get that sense sometimes?
1: Yeah. I mean. Recently, we've had a decent group of willing to learn, mm-hmm. but there's a newer group, a younger group, and a more experienced group. I feel like that's that's happening where they feel like they know more than they really do. You know what I mean?
0: I'm completely lost with who you're I, talking I, about or what you're talking about. <laughs> I
1: think it's like well, we we we've, we've have a group of intermediate adults right now that you know even though even though they have they are. They're full-grown adults, and teens, and they have the, they have established themselves, um, and they got they get a little attitude. Let's be real; they got a little bit of ego in them, right?
0: I don't think so, not anymore. Uh,
1: as recently as last week, you complained about it, so let's not even go there with that. I know are talking about then. <laughs> I'm not going to say names, dude. Okay. But even though they have a little bit of ego, they they do listen also. Mm-hmm. they are willing to to take our corrections um with adults i think it, it's sometimes it's it's heard and understood and tried and, and they get a frustration and it's an outwardly frustration but i don't think it's intended towards us in a disrespect disrespectful way i think it's them being hard on themselves mm-hmm. and it kind of manifests as as you know a resistance mm-hmm. to the correction um the younger group the the lower lower belt group i feel like uh more so than the, the the current intermediate group they they definitely are resistant to correction you know they, they feel like they've learned something learned more than what they have and they don't want to be corrected as much cool <laughs> Let <laughs> me just say, dude.
0: You I'm, just, have, I'm just we're just pretty proce- transparent. I'm just processing, and I'm like, I'm not experiencing that with the same people. I don't think that you're thinking of, but um, I believe you. But I know that that's an issue sometimes, where like students don't. I think I think students react differently to different teachers too, and we've experienced that. That's the reason mm. I'm kind of con- con- excuse me, who you're talking about? Because I think after a while, students develop different relationships with different teachers, and there yeah. are students that we have that for sure. Will listen to your correction before they will listen to mine, and they may not even realize that they're doing it. But we can see that kind of divergence a little bit. Mm. And then I think there's there's a flip side as well where they'll listen to me before they listen to you, depending on how I'm expressing it. Mm. So I think that's another another facet of like complications that happen at intermediate level. You know where, you know if you get annoyed with the way that one teacher is correcting you, <laughs> and you think they're full of crap, you know there's that aspect. So.
1: Maybe that's what I'm trying to express. Is that they get annoyed with getting the same correction over and over again.
0: Yeah.
1: Right, but if you're not doing it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to make the same correction. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I don't change the way I say it, or I don't bend to their at that level or at that age. I don't bend to their 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 um, needs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They should have the ability to go. Okay, he's saying the same thing over and over again. Obviously, I'm not doing it. So.
0: Yeah, but. Um,
1: I, with kids, man, I say it as many different ways as possible because yeah. they're still figuring out how to learn. Yeah, and it's 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 not fair to them. But as adults, I expect them to like hear what I say, and then process it as they need to.
0: Yeah, but but you know that every person learns differently, so you can't say it the same way every time, and you don't say it the same way every time. You'll try other ways of expressing it. You'll try to physically show them. We'll try drills that will try to implement the idea better. You know, so, But the coaching point's still the same. Oh yeah, the coaching point is the same. The but but the actual expression like... might be a little bit different because people learn differently. But we also noticed that more intermediate level yeah, because, you know, we've yeah. had more time with them and realize that certain things are not catching on. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. But we're also not a dojo that, like, forces everybody to hit the same... Uh, same, monic- or same points in their path. Like... Some people, they, they pick up on form really well. Yeah. And some people pick up on movement and timing very well.
0: Yeah.
1: But their form may suck. You know, and I feel like we're, we are receptive to that. Some, some classes, some teachers expect it to look exactly this. Look. Orange belts look like this no matter what.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get like that.
1: The, the shapes are the shapes.
0: So. Yeah, well, I think that if your dojo is built that way, then that's definitely going to be your expectation where everyone is a clone of you. Right. And essentially what we're trying to do is build principle-based teaching. So whenever, like, we, we read our syllabus recently, and that's one of the things on the syllabus was we actually wrote out what the expectations are. Mm. And it's just like, you know, how often do they need to have proper hip rotation and timing? How mm. often do they need to have this? Like, we actually put that on there. as like, what percentage of the time do we expect roughly you know right. this so it might it's not going to look the same student per student yeah. the student might have this principle down during these types of movements and this student might have it down during these types but we want to see like a general progression you know in that yeah. so i think that's you know I like think decent. that's
1: our way of combating the the, the dropout and intermediate like, What's that? Is making it making the syllabus in such a way that people you know aren't overwhelmed by expectations
0: yeah. Okay. You know,
1: and we we like, for example, we have one of our tests that introduces spinning backache, right? Mm-hmm. And the kids that have to do it, like, oh my god, I gotta do a spinning backache. Like, no, yeah. this is your first time doing it on the test. We expect these three things, these four things. Yeah. Does it have to be fast? Does it have mm-hmm. to be you know smooth? No. Mm-hmm. We just want you to show us the very basic idea of what we're asking you to do. Yeah. You know, and I think that is a way to combat um, intermediate fall off or intermediate dropout. Yeah. You know, is, is explaining, you know, to the student that they're, the expectations for certain things are different. Even though all the expectations have risen or are a higher standard, mm-hmm. there's certain things we understand that it's difficult mm-hmm. and that we, you know, like you are saying, hip rotation doesn't have to be there every repetition. but doesn't have to on be certain there ranks, yeah. on certain mm-hmm. ranks, right? Mm-hmm. But it does have to hit the mark 75% of the time mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, to me, is... You know, when a student understands that as they're being graded, mm-hmm. they they see the progression better. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, and not even just when they're being graded, also in class time, and maybe we can talk about like how to how to combat this. You know, this 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 fallout is like I, I know at first, especially when we established the stojo, it was more difficult for me, to be able to see like, how do I take a student from this level and move them. To, a tr- to training at this level. So rather than we're just training these basic ideas, I had some students that we introduced new ideas way too soon. Mm. Where it was just like, it was like, they're white belts, and then by the time they're yellow belts, they're, so they're white belts, and by the time they're shooting for 8th Q or, or they are 8th they're working on like, I, I had some of them working on like, 5th uh, Q stuff. Mm-hmm. And I really shouldn't have had them doing that kind of stuff so early, but I didn't understand the progression between all those different ranks. So as an instructor, being able to not only have a syllabus and a a testing system that progresses that way, but also being able to structure your classes so that there's a logical progression and that they understand the progression, that's really important. Like after every test, Jeremiah will tend to um, tell, or at the end of the test, he'll tell everyone, okay, so whatever karate you did before now, you can't do that exactly like that anymore. We're going to be progressing this. It's going to be harder. You're going to continue to get better. So, you know, we do try to make it clear, like, you are going to there, have different expectations. Yeah, the,
1: that standards rise. As mm-hmm. you get higher in belt rank, mm-hmm. it, your expectations of standards are higher.
0: Yeah. I think it's just,
1: it's a good way to warm them up to the idea that what you were doing yesterday is not good anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not a hard thing, so.
0: What other ideas do you have you think that would stop the fall off by intermediate level?
1: um i, I i'm st- i'm playing with this idea and we mentioned it a couple of the podcasts ago, and i think it's 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 becoming more clear that beyond the progression of the the testing and belts and all that there has to be another motivation to keep them around okay and I've, i we haven't done it yet but i really believe we need to we need to do more tournaments Mm-hmm. we need to do at least one or two a year mm-hmm. not not say that we have to do all of them and all of them have to go to nationals mm-hmm. and have to compete at this highest level mm-hmm. what i'm saying is at intermediate level when you're in that intermediate class one of the things where we're going to require you to do is to go compete
0: well we're not going to require that but yeah we're going to offer it
1: you made that decision already you
0: made that decision already
1: well, obviously you did.
0: Obviously you did. <laughs> I'm, just I it, that is. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm
1: trying to get this to the point where it, I feel like there has to be another outlet mm. and there has to be another way they judge themselves amongst their peers.
0: And I think too, seeing that other people are kind of going along the same path that they're on, because sometimes you feel really secluded when you're in right. your own dojo. It is nice to kind of look outside of your own house
1: i I really don't think it's a bad thing to have them at least once i really don't it's
0: a monetary thing
1: then we 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 fundraise for them (laughs) okay i don't have a problem that if it's if it's a monetary thing it's it's not a problem to like fundraise we'll talk about yeah i mean because we could sell you know cupcakes and wash cars
0: we can have jeremiah wash cars on the street no shirt and do his little dance thing
1: we, we could pull We need them, to send we, our intermediate oh, students
0: I, to tournaments. Please give us money. We
1: could bring the water hose around the parking lot and have those intermediate students out there. And <laughs> I, what's crazy, you know, you know we, what's funny is this. is that I don't mean to put this out there as this is what we're going to rely on because that's not the tension. But that, we have a group of older, like, guys that have been training for 50, 60 years that are jumping at the chance to sponsor people. To help them. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're alone in this. The, the the community that we've created and the community that we're trying to bring people into, they are very supportive of certain things we do. Yeah. So it, it's not, you know, just washing cars and stuff, but it could be a way that we get mentorship, mm. the ability to introduce mentorship from these older black belts to these individuals that might need the encouragement.
0: Well, that's also, like, that's maybe another, another, another facet. Yeah. Well, another facet is, like, Allowing intermediates sometimes to train with more advanced students, mm-hmm. you know, giving them the chance to see, like, maybe, uh, you know, on, on one side, there's this kind of, for some people, it might be kind of discouraging to be at the bottom of a food chain again, but then on the flip side, um, being able to be encouraged and coached by people who are higher level yeah. rank sometimes that is fun. Um, doing the sparring thing once a month that we were doing before was really fun. A lot of the beginner intermediate students really liked that because they got a chance to be, well, adults, Adults. they got a chance to be introduced to sparring. So that could be another idea to try to keep intermediate students and stuff.
1: I think we need to do that more. I mean, Mm -hmm. last time we did the other week,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. everybody walked off with a smile. They were loving it.
0: That was like three months ago, but yeah. No. What?
1: It was like two weeks ago.
0: When we did what?
1: We sparred last.
0: When did we do that?
1: Not the time, not this last Thursday, but the Thursday before when Sam was here.
0: Oh yeah, that was the intermediate. Oh that yeah, was the yeah av- that was the advanced people. Nah, but count. still
1: different. It's no different.
0: Yeah, we had fun. That's your cool. timeline
1: is like... don't
0: oh, no, bro. I need a nap. Okay. <laughs>
1: Three months ago, literally two weeks ago, Shh, literally two weeks ago.
0: That was the advanced people. And so what's... what's another idea for keeping intermediate people? I don't know. You got one? I just shared one. Get your timeline mixed up. <laughs>
1: Jeez. Jeez, can ideas. you can you, you use my can you
0: can you share another idea? You got any more ideas?
1: No, I was hoping that you would have one.
0: I just shared a bunch. You
1: did not share a bunch.
0: I did. Um.
1: <laughs> Reiterating what I've said is not
0: sharing an idea. No, I said, I said having having us having more advanced students train with the intermediate level After students.
1: After I said we need to encourage the mentorship, so that's. Okay.
0: So, um, I don't know, what are we talking about? Um, I don't know. I guess, um...
1: Bro, if I'm the brains of this outfit, we're doomed.
0: I don't know. See, that's, it's been a struggle all along. I mean, because I noticed that ever since I was a, ever since I was, um, an intermediate level that people just completely dropped off. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes it didn't matter what the situation was or... You know, it, it, what's discouraging as an intermediate also is that whenever more advanced ranks drop off and you have them as inspiration, yeah. then it really is difficult because right. you don't have anybody to even look up to anymore. So it takes a really driven person to kind of, to kind of stick with it.
1: That's saying that, you know, karate's not for everybody, that it requires a unique person. Mm-hmm. I think it, it rears its its head in intermediate level. It starts to show the, the separation mm-hmm. because, you know, you have to be determined and you have to you have to see the bigger picture sometimes. Mm. Excuse me. And that's that's where people start to split, you know, split away. Mm-hmm. Plus, we 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 start to require our students to think for themselves more. We're not spoon feeding sure. them every little thing. Okay. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: It just it it. I feel like karate in karate that that to get to you know brown black belt level is it requires a certain kind of character. Yeah. You know, a certain kind of like. Driven person on their, they're already, you know, driven. They're not, you don't have to encourage them. They, they want this goal
0: to actually make it that far. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think that's where it starts a to really. Self motivated yeah. type person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I've thought about this recently. Um, so we, we just started doing um, a 200 hour yoga course. Mm. Me, the two of us, and, and that's a trainer that works with us. And, you know, there's this. There is an idea that incorporating more mindfulness type stuff, not just with adults, but also with children, um, can change their perspective on a lot of things, can make them more self-motivated. So, you know, I don't know if, if there is a place for that. I don't even know what that would exactly look like. Um, we try to talk to students before and after class when they're lined up, and maybe we should prepare a little bit more as far as how we're mentally preparing them for class. I used to try to do that a little bit, try to actually mentally prepare students. I haven't done that as much now, but maybe that maybe that helps a little bit as well. I don't know.
1: Basically grooming them? Are what? What you saying basically grooming them to get into a mental
0: state? Um providing sources of inspiration? Sometimes people need a pep talk, essentially. I don't think grooming is a very good word to talk about with children. <laughs> uh, that's not,
1: that is definitely enough. not what I meant. Pep talk. Uh, yeah, but you know,
0: yeah, I think and and two, um, when when students stay around, speaking of like emotional type stuff, when students stick around to intermediate level, I mean we're we're making personal connections with them when they're white belts, but I think trying to continue that also when they're intermediate level is really important because they need to feel like they belong here and like there are people who want them to be here i think that's an important part too what you do the same you do the same thing you make kids feel like a hundred bucks a hundred bucks like like two dollars
1: They you like 50 cents
0: (laughs) you make them feel like a million bucks
1: (laughs) uh yeah i guess well I think as a teacher, no matter what, you create relationships, and that's how you, you're able to teach and, and translate or, or give information is that there's a relationship there already, right? Yeah. So no matter what, that always has to continue. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the relationship morphs into different stages of their karate life. You, as the instructor, your role with them and the relationship with them changes slightly too. Okay. You know, at the beginning, you're an encourager. You're always trying to keep them going, and, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're, you got their back and then as they move into intermediate class you're still that encouraged and you're still you still got their back but now there's this like expectation of hey you got to do some too
0: yeah
1: you know what i'm saying like right. you got to you got to i can't do this for you you got to do some of it too mhm and then by brown belt it's like bro you better run with it cuz I can't help you here. Yeah, you I cannot gotta...
0: continuously give you the same correction over and over right. again. I mean, you have right. a lot that you have to work on now.
1: But so the changing of the relationship with students as they go through the different phases of their karate life, you know, that's part of the the, the spirit training in karate Okay, is, is making them more independent. And uh-huh. in, in, in not only in thought and actions and wants, but the, the physically being more independent of how they do things and how they do their karate and and that's where they get the standard of karate technique but also the standard of martial the martial attitude the martial arts attitude Mm. you know so we i think we do it we just it's harsh at the intermediate level because now you have this guy that's like yeah you got this you got this too now all right man you gotta do a little bit more you know you still got their back and you're still encouraging them but you are getting that expectation out there also mm-hmm. you got to do this i can't do it for you mm-hmm. right so yeah some, and you can you can kind of some people don't respond well to that you can
0: give leeway to like whenever they're beginners
1: people yeah. are like
0: ah oh, they can catch up with their intermediate levels and now it's like all right catch up <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's go
1: yeah well and sometimes you know some kids they they need the extra encouragement mm-hmm. because you know they want to be successful and they're trying Yeah, but you know sometimes physically they're just not coordinated enough Mm
0: -hmm.
1: they're they're a little awkward and and those kids I I try to still be the big encourager
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but then it gets to a point where you you draw the line in the sand like bro you just got you got to figure this out yeah I've encouraged you and you're Mm -hmm. doing it right but now you you know a lot of times the, 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 the statement I make is you did it three times in a row mm-hmm. what's getting in the way to make you mess up mm-hmm. what's what's click what's what's causing you to, to have a brain fart
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and i try to make it light but i'm trying to point them out that hey you've done it
0: mm-hmm.
1: but when you don't think about it you don't do it
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know yeah. so
0: i i'd, I'd kind of end it with this if a student does step away from your dojo i think it is super because you can't always prevent it it is very important that as a as a sensei, as a business owner, that you do not guilt that person oh, for stepping away. I have watched senseis and other leaders of groups in our community and other places guilt people for stepping away from their group. Do you think for a second that if you make that person feel guilty, they're going to gonna, gonna want to come back at all? No. Okay, so if you have any hope for a student returning, which is actually pretty likely in the, in some cases, some cases,
1: yeah.
0: um, you have to make them feel like, hey, I get it. Like, you're at this stage where you don't want to be here, but you have to know that you're welcome back anytime. Yeah. And when they come back, you welcome them back with open arms. Yeah, When you see normal. them in public, if you see them in public, we live in a small town, so we see everybody. You just say hi, and you don't ask them, oh my God, where, where have you been? been? You when just... you're coming back. I know, you don't do that kind of stuff because that means it's completely about you. Instead, you actually genuinely care. Don't fake like you care, okay? You just care about it. Learn you. to care for your students. And when they reach this point where this art is no longer serving them for whatever reason in their mind, okay, you have to allow them to go. And mm-hmm. if, you allow, if you make them feel like they have a welcome environment that they can come back anytime to, then they will probably come back. And we've yeah. actually watched students come, back. come as children and, and leave and come back as teens. And this yeah. has actually happened within the past five years. Yeah. And we're, we're a young dojo and we've had multiple occasions of this, of students leaving and coming back. So it is possible, yeah. um, but please, please, please do not guilt a student for leaving. Right. Oh my God, They've, a lot of students feel guilty enough as it is because they're busting their butts in order right. to like make rank and stuff. So. Right.
1: And for me, it's like when they come back you only say this once. You say, yeah, "We missed you. I'm glad you're back. Let's yep. have some fun," and you drop it. Yep, that's it. That's it. Don't reoccur, bringing, it. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so. Don't say it over and over again. Just say it once, mean it genuinely, you know, and then move on. And then what happens is they assimilate into the culture and the mm-hmm. community, and it's no big deal. It's like they never were gone. Mm-hmm. And then you just, it's it's all good, you know. Now some some students, you if you have that relationship you can make a couple of jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if a student's gone for a little bit and we've had a really good close, you know, a good relationship and I can joke with them, mm-hmm. I'll make the joke. Oh, we have a new student today. What's your name? You know? Yeah. And then it's in lighthearted playfulness that you have to do it. Yeah. Be careful of being a little too sarcastic when you do make jokes. You know, it's, yeah. they're still they're still timid. They're still mm-hmm. uncomfortable. But there's, you know, like most things and there's a craft to teaching and if you know your students well enough you can be a great teacher Yeah, but you have to have that relation you have to commit yourself um, you can't be stoic and have this massive separation there are there are lines or boundaries that as a teacher and a student that has to be respected in the relationship mm-hmm. but at the same time can't make them you can't be you can't make them feel like you're untouchable or un, un, you can't they can't talk to you because that's part of learning you know, yeah. they have to be comfortable enough to ask a question and be vulnerable enough to be willing to do it. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, we should
0: rock, paper, scissors for who's going to talk about what they're working on because we're going to film more than one episode today, guys. Okay, okay what you working, All right, so on? What's working on? I won! What are you working on?
1: Oh, well, I'm working on that, that combo. So the jab, shift to front, uh, Yodiashi jab, shift to foot, back, downward, block, step, and punch.
0: Okay.
1: I uh, know on radio, it. it Radio <laughs> on, podcast, <laughs> on our blogcast <laughs> on our podcast it seems relatively simple jab shift the foot back down block step in punch it's yeah. like three separate you know entities but in reality we're trying to make it as as seamless as one technique
0: I don't know if we were working on this the last time we filmed an episode where we, were we? Yeah. this is a this is a, this is a uh, a combo from Steve Ubel
1: yeah it's just it's a Steve if you've been to any of Steve Ubel's seminars he generally uses this as like after, like a template. Yeah. it's a template combo that he uses when after we do some basics and before he really gets into some really like fun stuff. Mm-hmm. This is the combo he kind of uses a lot, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of variations, mm-hmm. but it's the general same combo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on it because I lack the explosiveness to really drive that that last punch. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be decent, but not not a. Not where it could be. Okay. So, and today I started using ankle and wrist weights. Okay. Just to do the combo with the ankle and wrist weights, just to kind of get that feel of like maybe driving off that leg stronger, um, maybe timing it better. So,
0: well, yeah. Well, Steve has said that if you don't have timing before, and adding the weights isn't gonna help it, but it'll be, it's easier to feel if you have that extra weight there. Mm. I, I would think you feel like you feel it better.
1: I feel like I have the timing decently.
0: Okay, you just said that you didn't, so I didn't.
1: No, to t- help it time better. Oh, time the explosiveness better, not time oh, okay. the technique. Cause oh, okay. I've not been corrected on my timing for the tech, the combo. Straight up. He says, he said my footwork is decent, and that I needed to be more explosive in my techniques. So mm-hmm. I assume that my the footwork and timing thing is decent mm. he's not making those corrections mm-hmm. so i use the weights because s- side note steve it's kind of funny when when he makes a correction or a coaching point he'll make the coaching point and he'll explain why right and then he'll drop it for a while and we'll we'll continue to talk maybe he'll talk to you for a little bit then he'll mention things that he does mm-hmm. you know in his training and mm-hmm. to to help him out Mm -hmm. and it was funny he said you need to be more explosive in your feet work and in your arms blah 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 and then he kind of dropped it and never really told me what I needed to do to help him get there Mm -hmm. and then he made that told the story about going to train with Wayne and them and Mm -hmm. that he was he had the weight the ankles Mm -hmm. and wrist on and Mm -hmm. he was still going faster than Mm -hmm. the rest of them Mm -hmm. and that to me was like this hint of like maybe you should try doing this I don't know maybe I'm taking it wrong and he'll correct me on one day and I'll feel like an idiot but whatever (laughs) Cool, man. It's cool. It's cool, dude. Cause that's that's what I've done lately is is I've tried to whatever I try to listen the entire conversation, yeah, and try to pick up on what he's doing to kind of emulate in my own to kind of yeah. figure out what will help. Yeah. So.
0: Cool. Awesome. Yeah. High five. Booyah. Well, thanks Woo.
1: guys. Thanks
0: guys. Bye.